Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Down the bitch gang. Yikes. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard. Couple stars. Wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buffett said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop in one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power has the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome to Five on the Floor Live on the Five Reasons <laughs> channel. There's Greg. That's not going to translate to the podcast feeds. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. Turn the sound down, gentlemen. Uh, Greg Sylvaner, you can follow him at Greg Sylvaner. Alex Salito, you can follow him at Tropical Blanket. And now Brady Hawk joining us. You can follow him at Brady Hawk 305. Before we get to the result, we want to mention our sponsor, at least one of them, Prize Picks. Use the code 5 F I V E. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com, the Google Play Store, or the Apple App Store. Again, you have to deposit to get the match. I hope you played the BAM over tonight. I told you to. Hope you played the Jimmy in the first six minutes. I told you to. I also told you some other stuff that didn't happen, but we'll forget about that. Use the code 5 FIVE. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. Our producer today is Manny Chang. Our story is the Miami Heat are up 1 0 in this series, Eastern Conference Finals. Third matchup in four years, 123 to 116. Fall behind by double digits in the first half. Outscored in the paint 40 to 16 in the first half, but some things were happening in the first half that I did not think were sustainable for the Celtics. We'll talk about some of this. One of them is the points they were getting from Robert Williams, and another, the scoring they were getting from Marcus Smart. Those things uh, came back in the second half to virtually nothing, and then Jason Tatum was a virtual nobody at the end of that game, as Stan Van Gundy kept pointing out. Fourth in MVP voting, top American in the MVP voting, and he was locked up by Max Struess late in that game. Two best players in this game, not even a contest. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, and I don't know who was first. I feel like it would have been Bam if Spo would have played him more often, and we'll get into some of the matchups as we go forward. But the Miami Heat tonight win a game in which they got outscored, because we have to tally this, against the Celtics. The Heat are actually now trailing 3-1 in this series in quarters. So I'm sure that's going to be the narrative out of Boston and ESPN. But they won the third quarter 46-25. to It was so bad that the Heat had 45 points, and the officials went on and tacked on another 46-25 to in the third quarter. 
I thought Caleb Martin was tremendous tonight on both ends. Shrews gave them great minutes. Kevin Love changed the tempo of the game with the outlet passes again in the third quarter. Gabe Vincent hit big shots. Kyle Lowry had a stretch that kept them in the game in the first half. And Jimmy and Bam, again, were tremendous. And the coaching matchup, this is the biggest mismatch in the playoffs so far. Joe Mazzola, bless his heart, in about two years, maybe ready for this. He's not ready to coach against Eric Spolstra at this moment. Greg, I'll go to you on this uh, first. The, the significance of a third straight road game one win in the postseason. They've done this three times against three different teams, three different ways. It sets the tone for the series, and it puts the heat in the driver's seat in a way that I think every single one of these opponents, when that happens, they get a little bit of that, oh no, here this team comes type of vibe. And the Heat brought it tonight. I thought what Jimmy Butler did, particularly the 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 theft, the steals, it was unbelievable to watch him. It was an absolute masterclass between him and Bam Adebayo. The two-way stuff that took place tonight was breathtaking. That third quarter you referenced, Ethan, I didn't even have to go look it up, and I I, I sent it to our uh, off-the-floor feed. It was one of the most impressive quarters in Miami Heat playoff history, and then I saw on the broadcast they had a graphic that said it was 46 points, the most points ever scored in a quarter in playoff history. The eye test proved it. And for them to then sustain that as Boston tried to make runs late in that game and get back in that game and for them to close it out on the road, everybody contributed. There wasn't one player. Um, Cody Zeller, maybe there were moments that weren't so fun, but everybody contributed. And so like – He didn't to play the point, tonight, Greg. He didn't, he didn't play. So, okay. um, let's, he didn't play. We can take okay. But I'll end by saying this. Uh this team, man, I can't believe it. I mean, when Jimmy says it's our year, these are the type of wins that make you say, if he says that, who the hell am I to say anything otherwise? The single biggest thing about this team in the postseason, what's distinguished them is their poise. And, you know, we can roll our eyes, and we did, at all the Eric Spolster clutch talk, and you get your money's worth with this team. But, Alex, they just don't panic. Like, it, again, down 10, and it, but it, it didn't feel – Again, it didn't feel like a sustainable deficit. Like, uh, they were getting dominated in the paint, but I felt like a lot of it was just sort of lazy effort at times. Like, if they clean that up. And again, when Marcus Smart is a high-usage guy, they don't win. Like, they, they, like, that's what you want. I mean, he had a bunch of assists, but also he was shooting the ball a lot. Robert Williams' thing was not sustainable. Tatum and Brown need to be great for them to win. Like, I, I, I think the rest of it, Brogdon's good, White's good, but they need to be great. Tatum was... I mean, he was okay tonight at best, uh, but he was he was definitely not one of the two best players on the floor. Yeah, and I think, you know, we know what this team is about. We know that they need to be um, a defense first team. And look, we are right back. I mean, it's crazy that we're right back here tonight is kind of, when it kind of hit me just watching the Heat versus the Celtics in the conference finals again. You know, um, a big time quarter kind of deciding the game. Uh, you know, we're back to quarter talk. We're back to the Celtics getting ending up with uh, 10 more free throws than the Heat. You know, it, it's I can't believe it. We're really back here. But this was the game for them to take. We've already seen it. This is the blueprint for them in this playoff run as the underdog, as the eighth seed, get game one. 
it's not just get the split, but get game one. You know, you just came off of multiple days of rest, and it's going to be the last time that that's the case for the rest of the series since there's only one day in between games. Um, you know, you hit six more threes in them. This might be the only game where that happens. And I think they really kind of patched up a lot of the stuff that was going wrong in the first half that felt like stuff that they're kind of in control of. You mentioned it, Ethan, the points in the paint in the first half. It, things got out of hand with their defense. They were scrambling, and it wasn't a good type of scramble. Things They, they were not on the same page for a lot of points there when they were trying to, like, send two at Jalen Brown, for example. And I just think the rotations were not very crisp, and I think it led to a lot of those easy pain points. Their whole defense is kind of supposed to keep those points from happening. And they fixed that in the second half. And not only that, they really turned around the turnovers and points off turnover battle because they were getting killed in that in the first half. I think they had four more turnovers in the Celtics and were getting killed in the points off turnover margin. Ended up kind of evening, evening, Jesus, I can't talk, evening that out with the second half and just the way that they played on defense. I think they got back to their blueprint and they were able to punch first you know after after they sustained that run the Celtics were kind of out of the loop they were a little bit shook like guys were trying but the the heat had figured out the rotations a little bit and Jimmy man I don't even know what to say like there was so many times in this game that I was worried about his aggression uh going to the hoop it's, it seems like he was passing out of stuff it seemed like um he was trying to conserve his ankle getting to his uh, buckets off ball or in the mid-range and I was starting to get a little worried because he looked awesome. But I'm like, does he not want to attack the rim? Like there was t- times where I thought he wasn't attacking Brogdon enough. But what he did, it's just like he put everything together in a way where it's like he doesn't even need to do that. That's how damn good this guy is at what he does. He will find his spots. He will find the holes in the defense. And what he did on defense, just one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Jimmy Butler, man. And by the way. Four guys finished with 15 points. Then you got the 35 from Jimmy and what was it, 20 from Bam? Like that's a crazy scoring distribution. Not something that you typically see uh, from the Heat. You ended up finishing with a much better offensive rating and uh, overall and in the half court. That was completely reversed in the first half. Like they evened everything out and just that third quarter set the tone for the rest of the game. In the fourth quarter, getting outscored. But once it got to less than five minutes, when it when it becomes clutch time that's really when things started going well. It's crazy. You know, it's once it gets under there, it's like an alarm goes off in their head and they're on point, man. It looked great. Brady, what was the single biggest uh, adjustment that Spolster made today in the, first, in, the, in the halftime adjustment? Man, that's interesting because I, I said it before this game that I don't feel like, I felt like this wasn't going to be a Spo game just because game ones never are. <laughs> it's just pretty much players setting the table and then they'll adjust from there. Uh, I just thought it was the fact that they were running stuff for Bam in a way that we always kind of talk about where we always have that discussion. They felt like they kept doing it where it was like, Bam was aggressive. Like, don't get me wrong. Like he was going and it was funny because I was, we were looking at some of the numbers and I'm like, it did not feel like Bam only had 13 shot attempts tonight. Like nowhere close to that. Like that is what makes it wild is like, usually when Bam has this, whatever amount of shots were like, he should take more. He should have took it. Like we walked away from this game. We're like, he only had 13. Like that is a good sign. But the way they were utilizing him, like they were running some inverted stuff, letting him get to the basket. I thought he was hitting his pull-ups. Uh, he was active on the boards, just kind of being around the rim. And, and it's so funny the time of year that we're at and now nothing makes sense from the regular season. And we're now at the point where when things got tough late in the fourth quarter, they rely on the Jimmy Bam pick and roll. After all we talked about over time with this like being the one thing that does not work, that is what they're going to late in games because it's working. Because it's two guys that are just being elite inside the arc right now. So – uh 
I just thought the Bam aspect of this, the way he came out in that first quarter, I thought was so important, just the way he was able to score. And then when things got tough at, at, at halftime, he came out in the third quarter. And he really set the tone, I thought, for that third mm-hmm. quarter in general. Like, he is the one that kind of laid everything out there, got it close, then Max and Kevin Love hit a three, and now all of a sudden it's a one-possession game. But if you don't get that first initial punch from Bam, uh, things look different. And then it's funny because you have 30 bench points tonight from two guys. It's 15 and 15 mm-hmm. from Caleb and Kyle, which by you guys were all talking about it, but, like, Man, were they crucial. Like, the, the shots Caleb hit specifically, I feel like Caleb always seems to hit, like, the most important shot of the night. Like, it does yeah. not matter. It's just, like, he just hits the timely ones because most of the time late in the game, uh, there was, the like, the one possession. He had, he had another good look that he just missed. Like, he had that same spot in that corner that he just it just did not go in. But they're doubling off of him, and they're doubling Jimmy at that point in the game, and he's going to have those shots. He talks about all the time. He knows he's going to have those shots, and he takes advantage. He's not – Either you always talk about like alphas and everything. That is a guy that's not afraid of the moment. Like he no. is not one bit afraid of the moment whatsoever. Not a lot of these guys on this team are to me. Like a lot of these guys aren't afraid of the moment. Uh, but he was obviously big in this game. You mentioned Bam. I thought Gabe had a very underrated game because he still mm-hmm. sneaks his way up to 15. And I just thought he is another guy that had some timely bug. He had one early in the fourth quarter that I just thought was necessary. Uh, and some of the shots Max is even hitting was like, he's like shooting on the dribble threes. Like it's not a catch and shoot stuff, which he kind of has to, when you think about it in this matchup, because he's not going to have clean spot up threes all day against this, against his team. You're going to need to put the ball on the floor, but he's doing some combos that you would not expect him to do, especially on the road in the Eastern conference finals. So from top to bottom, it's just a top to bottom team win. Like it, it, it really is, but I'll finish here and just say, cause I know you guys sit on Jimmy a ton. But the fact that Jimmy, it's literally video game stuff that we're witnessing from him. Like, the the, the steals at every point in the game, just mm-hmm. no matter where he is on the floor, he just finds a way to jump into the play and just get the ball. He goes offensively. He's just so measured with everything he does. Yeah, I'm going to get this switch. Well, if this person moves this close, I'm going to make this pass. If you don't, well, I'm going to bulldoze into you and get to the rim. If not, I'll just take a three from, from this many feet out, and I'll, I'll probably bury that too. Like, everything is so calculated with him at this time of year. Uh, but it's just, it's really something to watch just the way he's able to perform right now. Well, a couple of things on that. Um, the first thing is, uh, it, it helps when your coach puts the ball in your hands, uh, as a star and, you know, I don't think, I mean, Reggie Miller annoyed the hell out of me again tonight. I mean, he doesn't have to talk about the undrafted players at every commercial break, but, but Stan was hitting on it too. This part of it. I mean, Missoula didn't put the ball in Tatum's hands until it was too late, but the ball was in Jimmy's hands every single time. Like Miami knows at this point. Who is supposed to get the ball when? And who to ride at different parts of the game? And that is trust in their coach. And it's their coach getting this stuff across to them uh, to win in that kind of environment. You mentioned Caleb. You know, it's not just that they're it's not just that that they're leaving him open and they're doubling off. When they do close out on him, and he talked about this, I talked to him a little about this back in the Knicks series. He knows now when to attack. There was that one, he he drove in for a critical layup there on a closeout when they close out on him, he's gone. Like he's not waiting anymore. And the two man game between Jimmy and Caleb has come a long way. Brady, you talked about this before the series too. Like there's a real comfort level. And now like we criticize some things all year that are playing off now because Caleb Martin's not a power forward. He's not a power forward. He's not a power forward. We agreed on that. Right. But those reps that Caleb got with Jimmy until they brought in Kevin love are paying off now because they read each other. And I'm telling you, I think Caleb Martin's come back as a star next year. Like, I, I don't think this is like high level role player. Like they work. If, if he, he's got more in his bag, as he's talked about, I feel like they work on his game a little bit. Like, I think there's legitimate 
low-level star potential for Caleb Martin. I don't think he's just a really good role guy. Like, he has jumped out to me more than anybody else. And that's the thing about this. Last postseason, Caleb only averaged 15 minutes against Boston in that series because it was Oladipo, it was Hero, and Tucker getting those minutes. Now those minutes are being distributed to Love and, and to Caleb, and they're actually getting uh, better production. And I want to mention one other sponsor here because she was with us on playback, and I know she's with us here too. Our friend Lynette, you can find her at Insurance by Lynette.com, A Aggressive Insurance. There's her smiling face. Reach out to her at 954-581-8800. Huge Miami Heat fan. She's with us here for all the shows, and she can help you get life insurance, renter's insurance, car insurance. you got a bad driving record. Make sure you reach out to Lynette, 954-581-8800. Let's switch to Boston here for a second i'm gonna i'm gonna uh let me give it back real quick uh, brady you got something i'm sorry i was just gonna say to your point earlier I, barry jackson tweeted that joe Mazzulla notes celtics won three of four quarters so they're keeping the bit so that's no he fun, didn't do that he, he, he did say that. it he didn't do it no no no. i got hold on a second i gotta stop no way. I, I, I just tweeted it in jest <laughs> that how did the heat come back in this series when they're down three to one in quarters because we all know the joke from last year he he really said that Mm-hmm. And Keith Smith. He's a lifer. Well. Yeah, I saw the Keith Smith also. Yeah, I know Keith. The head I, coach I, tweeting that? Like, come on, he did four. These guys are losers, man. Act like you've been he, there before. He did three, if that's the case. Hold on <laughs> a second. He really – no, he, he he did it. He No, he couldn't have done that. You know that's going to be the narrative here. But let's pivot a little bit to Boston real quick, Alex. I'll go to you, and then I want to come back to Greg on some stuff. Like, if, if you're Missoula, you're coming out of that game, okay? You got, you got home court. Now, you, you had two fewer days rest, right? Mm-hmm. But you've got home court. I mean, you know this team. You've faced this team numerous times, okay? You're an assistant, even though you weren't the head coach with Udoka. What do you change for game two? Because you know Spolster's going to have another adjustment that's ahead of the game here with him. Do you, do you not start Robert Williams? And we'll get yeah, we'll get the to the Zeller Heisman thing. We appreciate the donation from Hal. That's gonna be that's on the that's on the show sheet tonight. We'll get to it. Um, what, what do you do? I was gonna say that's a great adjustment there from Pamela for the Heat um, that I would agree <laughs> with. But as far as from the Celtics side, I don't know, man. I'm not sure what the adjustment is for them because I think the Heat and and Ben on playback. By the way, playback.tv/slash5rsn. Um, watch us watch with us there. But Ben had a good point tonight on playback talking about how the Heat kind of. Um, you know, made the Celtics play small. And I just think, you know, the Heat really don't mind. The Heat really do not mind when the Celtics play small and can match up with them pretty well with the rotation that they've kind of figured out. And even then, you know, as Pamela mentioned, um, I think we might see more Highsmith, less Zeller as the uh, series goes on. And I don't know. I think I, I'm interested to see the way Missoula responds. But as we mentioned in some of the previews, like, he really seems to like those five outlooks, and I get why. Mm-hmm. Like you want to stretch out a defense, but um, you know you saw the double big lineups give the Heat a lot of trouble last season. Like they in the Eastern Conference Finals, those lineups were fantastic. They were really winning the minutes with both of the bigs on, and when they were staggering. So I think I'm interested to see where Missoula goes with the front court rotation stuff because that's kind of I think I'd start Derek White. Can, can I can I just say it? I'd start Derek White. I would go small and force the Heat to change up what they're doing. Miami's been on a roll with this bigger lineup now, right? That's like, interesting. If, if, if I were them, I would force Spolcher to take Love out of the starting lineup and change it. I, because, but do they want more Caleb Martin? 
do they want to keep more Caleb Martin after what you saw in game one? That's the other question. Like, but Caleb's still going to get his minutes. It's just that, it, 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 to me, I thought that the Heat starting lineup was really good tonight in both uh, first and the third. They were good. I thought they got off to a good start, and they were good mm-hmm. in the third. Yeah. So if I were, I mean, and, and here's the thing, Greg, I'm going to this. Like, all I keep hearing about is Boston's depth, right? Okay. He played eight guys. The eighth guy is Peyton Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard wouldn't play on the Heat. I'm sorry. Like, no. that whole argument that kept Kevin's head today. And he did not play Peyton Pritchard. You, that's that's sure a good adjustment he should make. Right? Would Peyton Pritchard play on the Heat, Greg? No, absolutely not. In this rotation, he wouldn't play no. at a game, right? He wouldn't play. No, I mean. No. And Derek White, as much as he appears to be the option that you would expect to be plugged into the starting lineup, he had 20 minutes tonight. He did have four fouls. So there's probably some of that happening. But if you look around, really, what they got, they got like six man of the year production from their Malcolm Malcolm Brogdon off the 37 minutes. Yeah, 37 minutes. You look at Tatum and Brown, they both had pretty damn good games. Robert Williams was still effective on the boards. Got some uh, offensive. Uh, I mean, he, he was shot 100% from the field. Um, Marcus Smart distributed the ball. Al Horford had some key stuff, and they still came up short. I can't emphasize enough. This Heat team tonight looked tougher than the Celtics. Yeah. They looked like they had an agenda that they were set to execute. And it was even when they were down. They didn't ever look rattled. It was nothing like that. And um, I just think it's a testament to this group coming together mentally in a way that I, I have never seen a Heat team turn to turn into this. This is absolutely incredible. Um, it's, it's unprecedented. Minus 14. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because the quarters thing is going around Twitter. Go ahead, Alex. I can't believe that we're really back here again with this quarter stuff, man. It's awesome. <laughs> Anyways, Robert Williams minus 14 on the night. And Jason mm. minus 10. So, yeah, I do think it's interesting that you'd go small, by the way, Ethan. I go small. You would, that you'd go wide over Brogdon. I, I would probably start Brogdon. You, you, you know what I would go? I, I would go small or I would play Grant Williams because I, I, I don't understand what's going on. I would on play Grant over Pritchard easily. That, I don't that's know who's why coming. they're playing Pritchard. You're right. That's who's coming. Right? Uh, we did with last comment. year. What, what's the adjustment we make for next game? They're obviously going to watch the film. Um, I, I mean, I think – do you wait, Brady? And I am going to go back to Greg on this. I promise. Do you wait, Brady, for their adjustment first? I mean, what else is? I mean, he didn't throw a lot of zone out tonight, did he? I mean, it wasn't. No. I mean, I don't think right. So, no, right. So I mean, he didn't use that. He didn't mix defenses. I felt like he played a fairly conventional game today. Spolster did with the coaching. It's just that they came out of the locker room playing different. Yeah, that's kind of what I expected. It's like these, like I said before, these game ones are never. Spo games like it's just like the the next few hours that's why i don't think you wait for boston to adjust just because you got one i always hate that when it's like you stole your game so it's like oh game two no you go and get game two as well like you're going into boston again especially when you have a team that this is this mentally stable that does not really care about anything that else is going on like they'll have that mentality uh so i would make an adjustment not lineup adjustment well i'd make rotation adjustment and i know you said you'll get into it but i i just did not understand the fact they would eyes, but didn't play tonight. Like we could talk about the Cody Zeller minutes. Mm-hmm. We could talk about the fact that bam, I 100% think needs to play more minutes. I don't really yeah. understand that minute distribution, but Haywood mm-hmm. Eisbitt, I think deserves minutes. And it's weird because it's a game that they just scored 46 in a third quarter. So it's like, well, why are you trying to kind of water down this offense? But it's like, you're probably not going to have this game again. And I know we keep saying that we're like, they're not going to do this again. They're not going to do this again. But there's going to be some dogfights in this series. That oh, it's yeah. not going to be 123-116. It's not going to be 60% from the field. It's going to be 
uh, battling in the 90s. So you're going to need it with Smith. You're going to, and it's funny because it's not even like you got killed from, uh, or like you lost this game because Tatum was inefficient. It was one of those type of games. Like he was decently inefficient or efficient. He got to the line. Jalen Brown was 10 for 21. Uh, but like you did, it, it's just a weird dynamic here where you can ruffle some feathers on Tatum and Brown and try to throw some different looks at them. Cause even, we're not going to talk a lot about that first half that what things went wrong for Miami, but there were some things that went wrong. So that's the stuff that I think they have to adjust to. I thought number one in terms of adjustments was Marcus smart. He ends up, he had 10 assists at halftime, I, I believe. But the reason for that was he was beating everybody off the dribble. Like when Marcus smart is beating you off the dribble. Now bam has to help over and he's doubling off of his guy to guard Marcus smart. That's a problem when you have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on the floor and you have bam out of bio, your anchor, Worried about Jason, uh, worried about Marcus Smart. Like, that's a problem. And that's why he kept pulling over and it's smart pass, smart pass, smart pass. And all of a sudden it's bucket, bucket, bucket. They have to clean that up. They cannot have him beating you off the dribble. Uh, and plugging in a, a better defender in Haywood Eisman, I think, kind of fixes some of that. All right. So uh, this comes in. Ethan, what excuses with national media as to why the Celtics lost? They beat they're themselves. Even, they beat themselves, they're guys. They're not even going to acknowledge the game. You um, know the answer. Here, but, but here, a couple of shout-outs here, okay? Because first thing, the Heat gave up 116 tonight. We mentioned some of the sloppiness on defense. They gave up 116. They won anyway. But I want to give A.D. Audenberg some credit. She was on uh, she was on uh, the podcast with me yesterday, and I said, single biggest factor in this. She said uh, eight times the Heat have held their opponents under 40% from three in the playoffs, and they've won. The Celtics were at 40%, but they finished 10 of 29, 34.5%. Mm-hmm. So they were 52% overall, 76% of the line, but under 35% from three. If that holds, Miami can win this series. That was her view on that. Shoot, if the Heat shoot that, 52% from three going forward, they'll probably win too. Well, that that helps. But I'm just saying, I'm, I'm taking a look at this. But again, I'm looking at their bench and I'm saying, okay, he's 37 from Brogdon. He's basically another starter. 21 from White, 12 from 12 totally useless minutes from Peyton Pritchard. Uh, he had one assist, was 0 of 2 from the field. And and that's it. Like uh, this this vaunted bench. I mean, who? Sam Hauser doesn't play, but they picked up Mascala. He doesn't play. Blake Griffin doesn't play. Grant Williams doesn't play. Grant Williams wanted like a huge contract. He can't get on the floor right now. But to me, that's the one adjustment they may make from a personnel standpoint. All right. After this uh, next sponsor, we got a new sponsor here. We're going to talk about we'll talk about the Zeller thing here and get into some of the rotation stuff stuff. Uh, with the heat, because there is some stuff that can be cleaned up, I think, minutes-wise, and also, also and you know, a, a lot of that stuff. Uh, but again, at least you won the game. All right, we do want to mention our new sponsor here. Uh, another Heat fan here. We got a lot of those. It's called Smarty Pants Marketing. It sponsors our Smart Play of the Game. That's our guy, Alan. Mark, look at that. I didn't even see that on the website. Check him out at Smarty Pants Marketing. That's with a Z at the end. SmartyPants.com. Marketing sucks. Have you ever found yourself saying those exact words? Most business owners use a spaghetti on the wall approach to marketing. Don't have a clear plan. You've likely tried doing the marketing yourself or outsourced it, but it doesn't work. You go back to relying on word of mouth referrals. If you want to get ROI with your marketing, it's time to call Smarty Pants Marketing, a full service digital marketing agency that will help you scale your business by creating custom programs around your goals and maximizing your marketing spend. You're tired of your marketing not working. Reach out to Alan and his team. You don't want to waste money, time, and energy, and you want your business to advance, so call Smarty Pants. Again, check them out at smartypantsmarketing.com and also on Twitter at Smarty Pants. That's with an, a Z, M, <laughs> M-K-T-G, and Smarty Pants Marketing on Instagram as well. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. So let's get to it. We're going to do this. The smart play, smart play of the game. Give, give me one here. Brady or Alex, you guys can jump in on it. Somebody just jumped out. You're just like, that was a high IQ play by the Heat. I said it before, but I, I'll just go to the one where the Caleb three, where I thought he was actually going to emulate the same celebration that he did against Milwaukee, where he, as Alex shows, just right in Giannis's face. He did the exact same thing, except he just had it much more open because Jimmy got doubled in that little – Corner, short corner uh, baseline. He kicked it out. And he ends up getting the exact same look he got like a minute ago. That was the biggest shot of the night to me. Like it, when you kind of make those plays, Jimmy trusts his teammates. But if when these role players are hitting those shots, like you mentioned, 52% from three, I don't know if we'll see that again for Miami. But like these role players stepping up, that play right there, I, I think just summarizes all of that. Let's get to what Spolster can do smarter in the next game, since we're all such geniuses. Uh, it's interesting to me when you, you watch Twitter on during games, and Heat fans are nitpicking, right? Like, I mean, that's what, you know, in Observers, that's what we do. Why is Zeller playing? I'm tweeting about Bam not starting the fourth quarter, you know, ended up with 37 minutes. And every national media guy is tweeting like, God, is Spolster good? Oh, my God, do they have an advantage? How do they compete with Spolster? Missoula's getting his ass kicked. So I feel almost bad nitpicking after a game like this, but obviously there are things that could be different. So, Greg, I'll go to you on this because I kind of know Alex and Brady have felt. They've expressed it already. Uh, Cody Zeller, what what would you do there? You just play Highsmith on the next game, or you trust Cody to play better? But uh, those were dangerous minutes tonight. I don't think I saw enough from Boston uh, on the offensive glass to really um, make me – 
I uh, think that Zeller is necessary to have to play. So I would say Highsmith gets uh, an opportunity here. And I also think that there's an opportunity for them to maybe even just shrink this down and maybe not play nine and only play eight. Um, I know that that sounds crazy as they play every other day going forward. Uh, and so they may need to sprinkle in minutes from somebody. And I would expect Highsmith may make a little bit more sense in the next game. But if it's Zeller, I think that they're okay. I mean, ultimately, I, I joked about that earlier, but uh, not everybody can be perfect, right? And this was a night where literally everybody else except him that played had a contribution. I thought Max Struess had some heady plays um, that were huge. Caleb Martin with the finishes around the rim, the way that he's developed in that way, he's um, his athleticism is – it's just crazy to see how that's blossomed and he's doing it on the biggest stage. So for me, I mean, if it's Zeller, that's just, we're talking about small fry adjustments at this point. If you see our core guys playing this well, I think Boston's in trouble. Let me go through the minute distribution here. Uh, Jimmy had 43. So he has ticked up. We, we've talked about that. Uh, a game at 43, I think. He had, he had four. Yeah, exactly. 43. Bam at 37. I still think that should be in the 40s, but, you know, what do I know? Uh, 36 for Gabe. 34 for Struess. 28 for Lowry. I said to take the under on 29 and a half minutes. He, he was right under it, even though him and Gabe – him and Gabe played a lot of minutes together, so I want to get to you, Brady, on that in a second because uh, that's come a long way. Kevin Love played 16. Cody Zeller played nine. Duncan Robinson played seven, never went back – missed two threes, never went back to his second stint. So, really – they really played eight. I mean, I, you know, because Zeller and Duncan combined to play 16 minutes. So they really they really played eight. Uh, and and you know, as I look at it, I think Love could probably play a little bit more, maybe. Agreed. But I, right, but, but, but I, want, I want to get to this break. The Vincent Lowry thing. The times last year it looked good, but the stats didn't really support it. They went to that out of necessity. They don't have Oladipo and they don't have Hero. That's the reason this is happening. But they played it. I mean, they combined for 64 minutes tonight. So that means 16 minutes they played together tonight. How has that looked? Well, I think specifically this is a great matchup for them to play together. Like we've talked about, you, you were just talking about your adjustment you'd make if you're Boston, you'd put in Derek White. You can easily run the lineup that you, you want to with the, them two in the backcourt. Uh, the regular season, a lot of the reason those numbers have not looked good, even in general, like they just have not looked good is because uh, – They've, it's just been a weird dynamic because one of them's always kind of not shooting well at one point, it feels like. Like, they're never both playing well. And in this playoff run, I think the reason it's, like, put on a pedestal right now is because they're both shooting really well and scoring really well. Uh, so you look tonight and the fact – and they're, like, running stuff. It's weird because they run stuff together. Like, they, it's not like one guy's running, the other guy's sitting in the corner. Like, there's many possessions I could point out where, like, Kyle's setting a pin down for Gabe. Like, that is the type of, like, weird things, like, that Spo will just throw in as a wrinkle. Like, to just see how they – react or they do they get a random switch on that weak side do they just fight through like they just get ideas in that way uh that they can be creative and you have kyle at the helm who's just can make decisions like no other and even though i know you asked me about those minutes together i don't even think we've talked about kyle enough from this game like we've we've went mm. down the roster and the way that he sparked this team like they early. i don't they don't win this game if they don't get that from kyle like he you, you mentioned it greg like it was it was early in the game where they needed it but it's funny because it's not something we see often from Kyle in the in this way because like they got it the pull up shooting which is what they need without Tyler, but like we we know sometimes he was known for it in Toronto like he'll just take one of those quick pull up threes out of nowhere in transition, but.
but he's not an early clock guy. Like we know he, he's like grind it out, slow it down, make the best decision, wait till late in the clock. That run, he was just like, he was shooting when the clock was above 20 seconds on the shot clock. That is not a Kyle Lowry thing. Like off the catch, just absolutely pulling it. Uh, so I just thought he turned this game around. Like they, they, that threw off how the ways that they were going to defend because now they can't defend Bam the same way that they were. Well, they're not defending Bam the same way that they were in beat anyway, but they can't defend Bam and crowd him in the middle of the lane like they were if Kyle's hitting that shot. And then all of a sudden things look different. And then Gabe comes in and he starts playing well later in the game. And it's like, okay, we can't defend Bam in these minutes either. And then when they're together, to your point, you definitely can't do that when they're both hitting. So uh, when you're like, look, when you're shooting 52% from three, play as many shooters as possible. Like it, it really feels that simple in games like this specifically, where it's not in the mud where it's just a kind of a free fall play Gabe, play Kyle, play max, it, it, like play them together to see what you could get. And that's why I thought uh, they created such good offense specifically in that third quarter, obviously with the 46. Craziest thing to me about this whole run. And I think the reason it's so difficult for anybody to really explain it, a national media is not trying to explain it. They don't care to explain it, but we're actually trying here locally. Right, we're trying, but I, I is that the Heat have looked like the better team in all three series? Like, there's nothing fluky about this. Like, there's, you know, we can talk about okay, Giannis was banged up in one series, right, and quickly got hurt. But I mean, again, they're playing without, and we can we're gonna have long discussions about the Tyler Hero thing and how they've adjusted to without him and what that means for whenever it is that he ends up coming back, whether it's this year or next year, or maybe it's somewhere else. Who knows? But, I mean, the Heat have had to play without their second-leading scorer, who was a huge part of the offense. And then Oladipo was fourth in minutes against Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. And Miami looked tonight like it looked seamless. Like, they just – they looked like – the even as I said, even when – I know, Greg, you were confident in that first quarter, even they were falling down. And sometimes you get a little ahead of me on that stuff and, you know, see more of the, 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 the positives than I will there. For sure. But I didn't think that was – I didn't think that was a lead that he couldn't cut into. Like, I don't think that Boston was really outplaying them. No. Or, or that they looked better than Miami at any point tonight. And I, just, I don't know how to make sense of that, I guess, with what we saw all season long. It, it's unbelievable. Um, and it just – it has to do with that this team – all of a sudden the pieces are all fitting perfectly the way that we all expected it to come together. Like the, the, the best case scenario, like back in August is the way that they're playing right now. Maybe we were wrong in that this team was actually built for the playoffs. Um, and it just took a while for them to get there, but it, it's unbelievable. I think that a lot of this also has to do with the fact that they got that, that, the rest, I think that closing out the Knicks when they did was a key part to this first, um, the first game. And here's the last thing I want to touch on. Why the hell did the Celtics not really like give the ball to Jason Tatum earlier um, to start initiating offense? I felt like that was a huge miss by them. They looked disjointed. Other guys were trying to make plays, but he's their guy that just dropped 50 in a game seven. And so I think that that, um, is another just real fluky thing here, but the heat never once looked like they were um, over their heads playing like against a team that was just above their head. Like, you know how the big three sometimes would make a team look small yeah. and make a team just look like they couldn't compete. There's not a moment that you felt that. And I think that that's just really, really hard for us to comprehend considering where this team was earlier this year. 
Well, I think they went into the playoffs and looked at the league as a whole. They were like, there's no dominant team here. Like, oh, there's just, I mean, there were eight or nine teams that people thought could win the championship. Miami was not one of them. But all every team came into the playoffs flawed in some way. And it just, when you have a coach who can exploit the flaws, uh, you know, it changes everything. All right, we want to thank everybody for participating tonight. We want to thank everybody who was on playback with us as well. We'll be on there for every game. We know it was a little bit different tonight, but uh, we're going to work with you through it. Uh, we will have a post, we have a podcast tomorrow. Uh, and then obviously we'll be back for all the in-game coverage uh, starting the day after. Thanks to our producer, Manny Chang. Thanks to Alex Brady. Greg, our sponsor, smartypantsmarketing.com. Also check out prizefix.com. And then who's our other? Oh, yes, Lynette. Insurancebylynette.com as well. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Heat up one nothing. We'll have a new five on the floor tomorrow. I wouldn't rather be the Sixers. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.